I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging. Yeah, that's it, mate. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown podcast. Whether you're listening to us on Red Army Radio or on the podcast apps, thank you very much for joining us. I'm Johnny, and with Dana and Elliot, and we're in different locations. I'm at Manjaro's, Elliot's in Baylorfield, and, and Dana's in a conservatory. But anyway, <laughs> um, obviously, guys, how are you doing? Because it, it's been a while. I know we speak every single, pretty much every single day, but how are you actually doing? People, people want to know. All right, yeah, doing good. Trying to fill in the the days until the football comes back. Really, yeah, it's the same, isn't it? I think everyone's everyone's in the same boat, um, and everyone's sort of getting by, and we all want life to go back to to normal in some way, and I'm sure we'll get there eventually. So, yeah, I'm missing you as well. I actually went and got a, a, a candy and sake from my I was back on by. I actually got a Starbucks earlier just for like all time's sake. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just oh, like, yeah, oh, was I'm, it Nescaf? It was a Nescaf, wasn't it? Chris, Chris loves Nescaf, but I always, you know, I always go and get the Starbucks before the podcast start. You know, get that little oh, caffeine yeah. boost, and then before I write the podcasts out and just we're not we haven't been in the studio in a while either. So hopefully, when we when we get back there, all will be back to normal. But things are getting back to normal. Football got announced, and it was returning on the twentieth of June. So. Thank God football's coming back. Obviously, there's no crowds or anything like that. So, guys, I want to start off with a question um, from Ian Smith. Um, and he says, pretty much, how are, you, how are we feeling that football's coming back, um, regardless of, obviously, it's coming back anyway, regardless of this uh, epidemic? And 
do you have any reservations about the football starting again? Dan, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? The biggest reservation for me is the fact that we might go down still. And there's that fear of, well, obviously form goes out the window. That's completely out of the equation uh, because it's been so long. But it's it'll be a real test of the players, not just at Borough, but in the whole Football League or, well, the Championship because League Two has been voided and League One, we don't know about that yet. But it, it's a real test of the teams to see how they can cope with the circumstances because obviously the games are, are going to not have any any fans, going to be behind closed doors. And it's it's going to be a test, I think, of, of the mentality of the players to be in a different situation to what they're normally accustomed to. So that's the, the main reservation. But I guess the the silver lining in it is that we have football back and that we have our usual routine of, of waking up on a Saturday and knowing that it's match day. Yeah, I think it's, it's nice that it's coming back. But else, with, since you're in Baylor Field at the moment, uh, <laughs> you've, obviously, you've both watched the Bundesliga quite frequently. Um, but else, for, like, for you, you've seen how the Bundesliga started at the minute. Teams, yeah. like, away teams, seem to be scoring a lot more goals as well. Um, so how do you think it's going to bear for Middlesbrough as well when we, we come back now? There's no crowd. How do you think we're going to fare up? Do you think we're going to stay up? Uh, I think it'll probably play into Borough's hands um, a bit. I think when we've talked about sort of when we've beaten the home games this season, it's it's quite um, it's quite toxic in the stadium at times, especially when we're when we're not um, performing quite well or you know we're not really attacking um, and fans are quite impatient especially when you're near the bottom of the league because there's obviously a bit of worry about going down um, and, and we've been down there pretty much all season so I think um, it'll play into Borough's hands that the, you know there's no pressure for them um, the home and away team thing kind of goes out the window a little bit I think the only advantage you would have is obviously not the time of travelling you've maybe got you know, you, you on the morning um, of the game, you haven't had to get up and get up earlier and travel and things like that. Um, you know, you can get up fresh and things. But in terms of obviously like a twelfth man pushing it forward um, and sort of that extra motivation to play, it's kind of out the window. Both teams are just on a, a sort of level playing field now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how tactics and things come into it because obviously when they're sort of shouting instructions and things to each other and even the manager as well. Um, the other team will obviously be able to hear it, so um, you have to go about that in a bit of a smarter way as well. So I'm hoping, as um, I am quite worried, as Dana said about you know about the possibility of going down now at the seasons um, coming back, but I'm hoping it'll kind of play into Boris' hands that we don't have the fans there. So yeah. mm, it's interesting. It's really interesting that you you both saying that about the fans not being there. Um, obviously, Tom Muldowney's question was actually, uh, do you think? The players might have well have a bit more about them um, in an empty stadium. Rather, if there's like see, there's no atmosphere there, there's no toxic environment, so it, it might actually play in our hands. So I'm interested to see. I'm interested that you both have mentioned that really. But do you not think that fans actually would probably be more beneficial for us, or do you just think the ground's way too toxic at the minute for us to actually help them? I think it. I think it can help because you've seen some of the the results that we've grounded out this season, um, where you know we've been leading one 0 for quite a, a long period of time, and I think, I think um, the atmosphere in the stadium, um, especially from Red Faction, has got us over the line. Um, so we'll have to wait and see whether that actually does have you know too much of a an impact where the away team might think you know well we're still in this, 
um, it doesn't feel as maybe daunting for for the away team. So, um, but personally, I think from what we've seen, obviously some of those wins where we have got it over the line, but when we're playing against teams who are better than us, I think we crumble under the pressure. Um, when we go one nil down and the fans start getting on the back and you hear the moans and the groans and the boos, um, I think without that, that you know. Woodgate and the coaching team have just got to keep the spirits high and be like, right, lads, stick in now because there's, there's, I know people will still be watching at home, but um, it's it's not the same. You, you're not you're not getting it during the game. All right, there might be some pelters online afterwards, but um, I think it'll give them a bit of a, a bit more motivation to go in like in the middle of the game. So a bit Why? more freedom as well, yeah. isn't it? Because when midfielders have the ball, we've seen far too many times at the Riverside that fans will get on their back almost instantly if they don't release the ball quick enough. And I think that the lack of fans or the fact that there will be no fans will mean that there's more freedom to really play and to be patient with the ball as well and to to just make sure that they do the right things in possession. Why do you think, middle? well, Danny, you can answer the question or else since you mentioned you actually said it. Um, Why do you think Borough are mentally quite weak? In a sense, um, in terms of like throwing things away, is it? Do you think it's because of the negativity which has been given from the stands, or do you think it's performance? What What do you think, or why do you think Millsborough are, are bottling wins, or being ahead, or being quite negative? I think it's a, a mix of a few things. I think um, I'd say we've got a, a fairly young squad. I mean, at times this season when we've had injuries, we've had a lot of young lads playing, which they don't have the experience to cope with that. Um, we've said all season we don't really have uh, a leader in the squad who can kind of keep people calm during these situations. And, I mean, the closest thing we have, I think, is probably George Friend, but he's been injured for the majority of it. Um, and then that compounded by the fact of the fans have got on the back after you know what we've considered the couple of years before this to have been pushing for the playoffs. It's a bit of a big difference to be fighting relegation now. Um, and then obviously an inexperienced coach to add to that as well. So I think all those factors put together, you know, when we're when we're leading, um, I think they get maybe a bit complacent and just think, all right, yeah, that, that's it. We're back now. We're, we're we're the team we were last season or the season before. But um, you know, then you know, lo and behold, look what happens. We've done it loads this season. The main one that sticks out is is Hull when we absolutely threw that game away. Um, so. Yeah, obviously it's a work in progress, but obviously you're taking away some of the one of those factors um, in the fans. So, um, and obviously with all the injuries, which I'm sure you'll get to in a bit, and, and um, we've got a full squad to pick from. Um, I know every, I know everyone in the team uh, in the league probably has, but um, hopefully it can it can really help. Or mm. well, I think what one thing that can help us as well when you see the likes of Charlton. As well, I think with Lyle Taylor and I think two other players that just don't want to play for them uh, this season. So, do you think that was going to be a massive boost for us as well in the relegation fight? Because if you if you're looking at the the, the bottom three now, you've got you've got Charlton in there, you've got Luton, Luton have just hired Nathan Jones again, so you could get that man, new manager boost. Um, so the two out of the three there, you, you're looking at them and thinking, well, they could have they could have a chance, but. I think Middlesbrough are in a better position right now because of where Charlton are. So, mm. also that as well, we've got the full, we've got a, a squad of full fit players, which we'll get options done. So <laughs> it's uh, 
it, it could it could be very positive for us. Um, and obviously with a full fit squad, uh, can you see, Dana? Can you see we'll get changing systems or formations with everyone fit again? I can't even remember the last formation that we went. So it was more <laughs> like a, a, it was more of like a, a five, like a five four one really, like a five with um. So you'd have your your five at the back. You'd have your your probably your two centre midfielders. Then you'd have like a little box. It'd be like a box of the uh, attacking. Uh, attacking forwards and you centre forward up front normally. So can you see him maybe changing or maybe like a four-two-three-one, which go back to the four-three-three, which didn't really work at the start of the season? Um, or would you would you try something different, or would you keep it within the five? five the I tweak it a little bit. I know we we spoke about uh, a couple of days ago what our starting eleven would be, and for me it would be a three-five-two. I know that the four-two-three-one has served as well. You know that uh, West Brom game being a standout, but the squad that we've got for me suits the three-five-two. I just think the fact that we've got Coulson and Spence, who are integral, I think, going forward, they need to play. And for me, they need to play as wing-backs. I mean, Coulson, you could probably put left wing or right wing because um, I know he can play on either either side. But for me, three-five-two, um, get that partnership with Britton Fletcher going again because that was working uh, for one part of the season. That goal against Hull was... Um, was brilliant and and it showed the the level of just the understanding between the two. So I think that I would like to see that that again. Um, and I just, I just I don't I don't know. I just think that the three five two is is the best formation for us going forward. Mm. Else, what do you think? Do you think this should be tweaking or? Um, I mean, at this stage, I have no idea what Johnny O'Gate's going to do because of how many formations we've played this season. I just had a quick look at our beloved who scored earlier and from a quick glance at that we've played nine formations this season, which is just ridiculous. Um I get that we've had a lot of injuries. Um and now we have a, a fairly big squad um to pick from. Um which is probably a bad thing to be honest because we might have to leave players out um who have individual qualities. Um but I think the only thing we have to go off is fans is obviously from past performance. And I think that the best period we had obviously was over Christmas. Uh, and during that time we played like the, the five, two, two, one, apart from that one game at West Brom where we played the four, two, three, one. Um, and, you know, if you're basing it on that, that, that seemed to be our best formation. Obviously we've, we've picked up wins um, and results from, from other formations as well. But um, personally, I think, uh, a five at the back system will work better than a four just because of Coulson and Spencer's threat. Um, perhaps even House and our Dyke steal as well at right back. But um, I think definitely five more than four because I think the four three three definitely wasn't working at the beginning of the season. Um, and I think it also allows for um, players like Patrick Roberts and Ravel Morrison to be included as well. Um, and obviously, as Dana mentioned, if you are playing. Three five two, you can sort of have that partnership of Britain Fletcher, which has worked well at times this season. I think with a five two two one, obviously you have to pick out of either one then. Um, and most of the time when we were playing that as well, it was when Britt was injured, um, and Fletcher was obviously playing a lot of games, so we ended up playing Gested as well, which you know he chipped in um, in fair parts with with some goals as well. So um, it, it's going to be tough, um, and he's got he has got a lot of options done. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> personally, I'd I'd go with a five at the back system, whether it be with two up front or one. I wouldn't go back to a four. 
Interesting. So with that, in the full fit squad as well, can you see the likes of maybe Colson and Spence losing the position? Or like even maybe up on the bench? Because you, you do have the options there now. You've got Dyke Seal back. You're going to play Johnny House and right back too. George Friends came back now. Um, so maybe can you see the likes of Colson and and uh, Spence losing the spit, losing the position? Because do we really need them? Or I, think, I think Spence... I just think we need them. I think Spence has probably got a, more of a chance of losing his place, but definitely not Colson. I think mm. Colson's been a revelation this season and he's been he's been a lot better um than Spence and obviously he's played he's played a lot more over the season than Spence as well. Um so yeah, I don't think I know you're saying George Friend there as well, but I don't think he's a real competitor for that position. Um but I think obviously I think if George Friend's gonna be included it'll be more at left centre back. Um but yeah, I think Dykesdale is possibly a shout for right wing back. I think we we've mentioned his qualities this season and, and obviously his, his pace. So I think it could work in a wing-back system when we were playing him at the start of the season. It was obviously in a back four and it kind of left him um, a bit exposed. So it could mm. work. Well, Ben Strickland gave us the question of for Dyke Steele. He used to, obviously, if, you, if you've if you followed his career a little bit, you would have known that he's a second defensive midfielder um, and then got shifted to right-back for the majority of the season. Charlton got promoted Um and he did get shifted into right back for like I think it was from January. I think he moved into that position. So with that in mind, does he get a, a spot in the team again? Again, because you could put him in a four three three, you could put him in a four two three one with Clayton. Maybe um, do you think he has the chance, Dana, or would you prefer to see him more of on the on the right side of play? No, I don't think he's suited to to playing on the on the wing um, as a right back or a right right wing back because we've we've said it before. Um, that his qualities are suited to being a ball-winning midfielder. I think he has the the strength. Um, he has the vision. He's good at recovering, uh, at ball recoveries. For me, he's just not a right wing winger, not a right winger, not a right wing back or a right back. He just doesn't suit it for me. And I think going forward, we will probably see, or I'd like to hope to see, him go into that, that centre defensive midfield position because we do need a, an upgrade on Clayton and Dyke still could potentially be that. But I wouldn't have him right wing back. Um, I think Spence is much more suited to that role. You could even put Housen in there, but Housen has been great at, at centre back. Uh, so keep Spence. I think both Spence and Coulson are integral to Borough going forward because they just give us that balance. They give us that outlet. We don't have wingers out and out wingers so mm. we've got the pace there with with spence and colson and and for me they don't get dropped mm. very interesting points very interesting points i like i like the points on on, on dyke steel as well um i know we've we've both said then and where i feel like he has the characteristics as well from our center defensive midfielder he's got the pace there as well um yeah. he's, he's he's good at recovery um and maybe you could start transitioning into that position maybe end of this season or maybe next year as well um and then it gives you oh bless you else um <laughs> it, it, i'll edit that out um but it's a, it's, a, it's it's a good opportunity for him to and to move into that position and maybe we'll get us that and it gives the opportunity for the likes of spence to keep progressing as well and i think it'd be a real shame now for spence to lose his place and not get featured as much but then again, he's he's only 18, 19 year old, so he's got a long career ahead of him. Uh, obviously, 
bent like uh, like well bar obviously injuries or anything like that. He, he he has like another fifteen years in the game, so he's got plenty of time to develop. But I think we should probably try and keep him in the squad now because the likes of Coulson Spence, got Del Fry there. You've also got um, oh who else? Top of my head. Anzi Pears that could come back in. Um, you've got like a good crop starting they're starting to blend through. They might not all come through. I, maybe it depends on Stojanovic. I think if Stojanovic does well, then it's going to be very very difficult for Pears. And I think Pears might have to go out on loan next season and maybe put Mejias as your second choice. Um, but it's it's just we'll see how how things uh like happen. We'll see what things happen. But I think it pretty much happens if if we stay up if we stay up this year, then we might. We might see that, but if we go down, then Jesus Christ, then oh well, <laughs> who knows? But um, moving on to like my next question though, and it's from Phil Ward, and he says, "Would you blame any players for not wanting to play, or would you even pick them?" Now it's it's the worst kept secret that we do have six players out of contract. We've spoke about it in the past, uh, but now it's coming closer at the time. Now people are running out of contract on the thirtieth of June. Um, Dana, would you play the boys that are out of contract? Yes, only because I feel like we need to for some of them. Um, Clayton, in particular, I know that there's uh, Clayton's a, a divisive figure that he's you either like him or you don't. And I think for me, when Clayton has played, we've played better with him than without him. So Clayton's one. Shotton's been good this season. Another player that. People are people criticise Shotton, but I actually think he's been he's been one of our better players this season. Um, Gested has, has chipped in, like Elliot said at the top. You know, he's he's made his mark. Um, I'd like to hope that a lot of them, all of them, are committed because we're in a relegation battle. I, I mean, we don't want any Gaston Ramirez's down in tools and not wanting to play. I mean, that's, you know, a toxic atmosphere to have. So obviously we haven't heard anything about contracts. Um, there is a something that the EFL have put in place whereby we can offer a short-term deal to players out of contract so that they can finish the season. So I'd like to hope that we've taken up that offer um, from the EFL. And yeah, like I said, I'd, I'd like to hope that the players are fully committed because we, yeah, the season isn't over. We're not a mid-table team playing for nothing. We're, we're definitely playing for, you know, our, our place in the championship next season, which is crazy to say, but that's the reality of the situation. Else, mm. you're looking at you're looking at the team now. Is is there any players that you'd probably let go, and from the thirtieth of June? Um, out of the the players will be out of contract. I think. Uh... I think when we've talked about them before, I think the, the the two that really I'd probably only sign on would be House and, I, and Ayala. Um, I think, as Dana mentioned, I'd probably... I forgot about them too. All of them. Um, I'd look to include all of them in, in sort of the squad because I think... I mean, it's just us maybe looking at it as fans from what we hear as the players from aftermatch conferences and, and things like that or things they put on social media. But I think for the majority of them... Um, Maybe not Gestead because of, of certain things that he might may or may not have done in the past. But when you think of the likes of Housen and Friend and Ayala, you think of them being quite role model professionals. You you like to think that they wouldn't down tools in something like this. Um, Friend and Ayala have been at the club for years. You could never imagine them, you know, not trying if they were playing. Um, and Housen, you know, even though he hasn't been at the club as long, he seems like a you know decent professional. Um, 
So I think I'd, I'd probably include all of them um, if we if we need to in the squad. But I think in terms of offering sort of permanent new deals, I think House and Ayala are key. I think probably even shot on depending on the situation of other centre-backs because obviously at the moment our squad is a bit all over the place. We've got you know a number of loanees, we've got a number of players out on loan. Um, so it, you got a way up at the end of the season. I think Shotton could be a, a worthy um, include, you know, to include for a, a new contract. Um, but he could also be dispensable, the same as maybe Gested and, and Friend as well. Um, so would you not yeah. keep Friend for dressing room purposes? I can see the argument, but I think if you, you know, if we've already got the likes of Housen and Ayala. Um, and some other players around the squad as well, and you're bringing in fresh faces. I think you'll obviously want to play in some capacity, and I think if you can't guarantee him much game time, then um, I don't think there's there's much point really. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a tough one. I think you've got to weigh up how many players we're going to need next season because I think obviously if we are playing a three at the back system, obviously we might need that one more centre back than you would if we're playing two there. Uh, but obviously if you've got Ayala, Fry. Um, if Mekudi comes back in in some sort of deal, um, shot on as well, you know there's already there's already four, so um, Housen can slot in there. So it's it's a tough one. Um, obviously, wouldn't want to lose him because he's you know a great player for the like a great servant for the club. But his you know performances when he's he's played this season, you can tell he's not the same player he was. So. I can't see him leaving. I can't see where we're getting rid of George Friend. I think we'll probably end up keeping him for really the rest of his career so that he can go into management. But I agree. I think his legs have gone. Um, he definitely isn't the player that, that he was when we first got him and in the playoff and promotion season. But that, I mean, that was always going to happen. Um, he hit his peak really when we did get promoted. And then after that, he's struggled with injuries. But I still think he's an important player for the dressing room. And, um, we, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we kept him on. I think, I think with friend now, it's it's more or less phasing him, phasing him out. Um, if you can look at the likes of maybe one year rolling contracts or the two year deal with the view to going to coaching, the aspect of maybe you you're a player but also you coach the under 18s at the same time, you're a part time player kind of thing. And I think that's probably the best route we go down if you want to keep friend around. But then again, it's also the aspect of is he does he have much value anymore? Like it's yes, he does quite a lot for the changing room, and we do, we don't see what goes on anyway. Um, but if he, if he still wants to play, then I think it's kind of the aspect of well, we're not going to get much for you if we do sell you. So it's like maybe it's cutting your losses and saying okay, let just let George go. We save the wages. The things with Gested, I think with Gested's like the aspect of he's done very well the last few games that he did play. You know, he held the ball up well and you, there's a view there to potentially keep him in the squad because when, you, when you're down at the bottom, you just need to be effective and Gested was effective in, in, in those games. So if we were ever going to keep Gested, I would have to be on a really reduced contract. We can't obviously, he's the highest paid player at the club probably. So it's like, we have to actually reduce it. I think Housen's a given. You've got to try and give him a one or two year deal. Ayala, it's where does he want to be and who's coming in for him because there's always that Leeds rumor that's that's coming. Um, it, it never it tends to never go away. If they go in the Premier League, do they want Danny Ayala in the Premier League? For me, if I was a Leeds fan, probably not. I don't think he's. I think he's that Cameron Jerome syndrome where he's probably a bit too good for the Championship, but not good enough for the Premier League. And he's also a ticking time bomb every time I see him play. So it's like, do you want that to happen? 
Well, I think it'd be a shame if we let him go just on a free. I think it's a bit criminal if we've not tried to renew his contract. But then again, it always comes down to one thing, and that's money. Do we have the money to give them new deals? Can we afford it, especially if there's no fans anymore? We don't get the, the revenue from ticket sales anymore, um, unless people are renewing season tickets. Um, but we don't really know what what's going to go on with that because we might not be allowed to go on the stadium until maybe October, October, November, December. So there's a lot of moving parts, and I think we've got to be really careful of what we do. If we let all of them go, all six, so like the likes of Clayton, Johnson, um, House, and, and and so on, then it will be a loss. But there's all at Middlesbrough in a really good position because end of the day, players who are out, out of contract, they still want clubs, so we might be able to get people on reduced terms. So, but it's like what Elliot said earlier: the fact that we lack leaders. You're mm. getting rid of three big leaders there in Clayton, Ayala and friend, and maybe even Shotton as well. So a mm. lot of the players that are out of contract are big leaders. And it's it's like, how do you go about replacing that? Because obviously you're going to have to bring in players or, the, or you're going to have to hope that players step up to the mark. I remember Tony Pulis saying that George Saville could be a future Millsborough captain. If <sighs> if that's what he, he said and thinks, <laughs> and people oh, in the club oh. still think it, you know, we need to see that that stepping up of George Savile becoming that leader, um, because yeah. I can't think of many other players that we've got that aren't out of contract that are leaders. Mm. You you don't really see it, yeah. Oh, Housen as well, Housen. Yeah. So you know, Housen, Ayala, Shotton, Friend, Clayton. There's five players there that I think are, are in that that leader mold that are yeah. out of contract. There's different characteristics that makes a player a leader it, it, it's different because I think what fans identify is someone like a Roy Keane who is just absolute nutcase and everyone was shit scared of him essentially um, but there's also like that quiet leader so like George Lavo could actually be a really good person in the dressing room we just don't know it um, whether he plays or not I don't, I don't really know but I think the one I'm going to sound crazy but I think Ryan Shotton he got linked with Bistic Das. I think that's Random a link. I think that's a bit I think if he goes there, I think that's a great move for him, to be honest. I would I would have no problems with him going to uh going to Turkey and playing because it's it's oh yeah, we don't you don't get much coverage on it anymore. It used to be like and obviously the I mean it's 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 always in the news for the wrong reasons, but they're a massive club as Champions League football. It's like how can you how can you not say like no or that really? So I think it'd be a bit of a loss if we did let him go to that, but then again, it's the he's thirty-two years of age. Like it, it's going to be like we're not going to get much for him anyway. So it's up to him. It's really, really up to him. And I it's bet. wages as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah signed I, him under who do we say? We signed him under Pulis, didn't we? Signed him under Gary Monk for two mil. Gary Monk, yeah. Oh yeah, we did, didn't we? The, I mean, the, there we go. Gary Monk splashed the cash, so I would imagine that that Ryan Shotton is is on a hefty wage bill. Oh yeah. I think what you're what you're mentioning as well with um, sort of when you're saying you know even if we lost them there could be a lot of other players in similar situations at other clubs. I think the the football landscape this summer will um, really change, and I think the um, you know transfers will be very different anyway. Um, obviously, they're going to be a lot lower transfer fees, um, and you might see a lot of freeze, and it almost might seem like a, a draft almost in a way. Um, but it, it it could be a good time for a for a clear out because it's a case of okay it might look like it temporarily weakens us but it might be the same for a lot of clubs no one's going to be going out and spending loads of money because one 
financial fair play has got a kick in at some point for a lot of these clubs. Um, and two, obviously, they just won't have had the revenue in the past three months um, to even, you know, to even consider it. They've got to think, you know, we've got to start doing things a bit more lean here. So, and we'd already started on that course, to be honest. So I think it puts us in a bit of a better position. So, yeah, it would be it would be quite disappointing to lose some of them for for certain qualities. Um, but at the same time, it's like, do we just need a, a refresh? As you mentioned, we've got some of these younger players coming through, like Spence, Coulson, um, Pears, who I believe his contract might be out as well. Um, so we might need to get him signed up. But um, Tav's obviously recently just signed a new one. Um, so do you just kind of build them as the mould and bring in other players around them? Obviously, some might be a bit older um, to obviously sort of fill that leadership void. Um, and just go fresh with a whole new team um, because it's kind of given us this sort of remembrance with with friend of like ah, he was he was that promotion team. Do we just need a clear out of you know start a freshness season? We've got a whole new squad. We've got no one left from that era, and go again. Well, um, well to be fair, to be fair, Ayala and friend are Tony Mowbray signings, um, so it's. That's crazy, that isn't it? That seems like a decade ago. Yeah, feels like two thousand and three a little bit. Um, <laughs> oh, there we go, back with the back. <laughs> what a breakdown, bingo! Starting. <laughs> um, but, but obviously, yeah, yeah, that was Mark Fiennes, Tony Mowbray signing. But still, like they've been around, they've, they've been like the furniture of the club for many, many years now, and it's like that old spine. Like Jimmy was still around last year. Um, the year before, so it's like you've. I think we've got to try and change now, and just. I think it could be a blessing in disguise that we we do let a few players go. We just balance the books a little bit, and we have like a really young, fresh team that could be there for the long haul. Really, and you see when you see the likes of this team now, when you see the the average age in like the next couple of years. I think really, if you take the players that are out contract, yeah, it must be like what twenty six and below, maybe. Yeah, you know, probably, 25, yeah. 24. Yeah. So they've all got loads of years ahead of them, and the more you the more you play football together, the the better it's it's going to get really. And you've got to try and bring in players that are going to cement that and know the core values of the club and have that culture there. And it depends what culture that Jonathan Wood gets trying to install. To be honest, and if people are going to hit the criteria for that. And speaking of players that can hit the criteria, Ben Gibson's been training with the club since probably March, just before March. His fallout with Sean Dyche is, just seems to be getting worse and worse by the minute. Every time he posts um, a tweet or a photo, you see loads of Burnley fans going absolutely going for him. We've seen Joe Hart tweet about Gibson and, and the Borough as well. It was an absolute meltdown. But Sam, Sam Hargreaves sent us the question of, do you think Gibbo will be a Borough player next season? Do you think it's realistic or do you think it's just he's just training with us for the, for the sheer fact of keeping fit? I think he's just training with us, isn't he, to be honest. I mean, the only way that I can see Ben Gibson returning to Borough is if he slashes his wage packet and, and takes a massive wage cut to, to join us. Um, he would fill that void of the leadership that we were just talking about. Um, he's always had that quality in him. Um, I remember reading stories about when he was at Tranmere um, as a youngster, he would be barking out orders and they'd be like, hey, up who's this? But he's always had that that leadership quality in him um but I, I can't see it happening maybe a, a loan but for me Ben Gibson is at the very least a promotion 
a, a, a team. He's a player that should be at a team that is is trying to get in promotion for me, or a mid-table Premier League player. Could you yeah. not see him? Could you not see him come back and be captain next season if the likes of the, the players that we've mentioned the go come in? Ben Gibson for a captain. I Has think nice he, wrinkle it. I think even though he would like to, and I think um, I, I think he'd, he'd you know he he would love to play for the club again. Um, but I think it his personal ambition has to supersede it. I think mm. if he came back, I'd be more disappointed in him just for making that. If it was his last resort, if he didn't get offered anything else anywhere from anywhere else um, and he came back to Borough, then then so be it. But I think for, for his own personal ambition, I think he's good enough, as Dana said, to play at um, a higher level. Um, and he's 27, so he's in the peak of what should be his career now. Um, obviously, he's had un- very unfortunate injuries, so I think he should focus on yeah getting himself fit, fair enough training with Borough, because obviously he's probably up here now that the season's um, been on hold. But um, I think after that, he should just focus on playing at a level which we know he's clearly capable of. Um, and then in a couple of years, maybe he could look to come back to Borough. But I think if he doesn't get an offer from somewhere else um, or a suitable offer that he wants... Um, because you know, you might think now, if I'm going to go to a club like Burnley, I want to be going and and getting first team football. He was, you know, he wasn't going to get in in, um, in front of uh, Tarkovsky and me. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. It, it would be nice. I'd absolutely love it for for Ben Gibson to come back. I think um, it'd be a great signing for us. But I think I, I really don't see it. I think he'll probably be somewhere else. Next well, he's still he's still contracted to Burnley for another season anyway. So right. it's it's we would have to pay some sort of fee for him. Yeah. And there's a podcast I was listening to called the High Performance Con- Podcast uh, with Jay Humphrey and Damian Hughes. Um and the chat to Sean Dyche um and about his values as a coach. And if you listen to it, it's actually really, really interesting. They've got they've had quite a lot of footballs on there, like Van Persie, they've had Real Ferdinand and the chat about cultures at a football club and what's valuable to them. And when you listen to Sean Dyche speak he says to like players when they come in, like you have to be really patient and graft. You've got to really graft, and when you get that opportunity, you've got to take it. If you don't take it, then like it's starting all over again. And appreciate Gibson's had like a hard time at Berlin, and it's maybe it just hasn't worked out. Maybe it just hasn't worked out. But you've got to sometimes question that mentality as well and say, is he mentally in the right place, and does he really want it? Does he really want to make a name at Berlin? Does he really want to be that captain there? Does he want to try and keep progressing? Um, sometimes it doesn't work out in football and, that, and, and shit happens but you've got to try and say well is, he, is his head in the right place for us for him to come back um, he was linked with Watford as well before he started training with us anyway so we'll see but what fee would you really pay for Ben Gibson next season would you pay like 3 to 4 million pound and they take a significant loss because remember he was a 15, 15 million pound player um, so do you make him your marquee signing next year or do you just let him go again? It's it's hard. It's a it's a hard one. Yeah, it's it's tough for for three or four mil in this in this current landscape. As I think will be quite high. Um, and I think when we're um, especially if you re-sign contracts for Ayala and Shotton, we're already well stacked at centre back. Um, and it shouldn't really be a key area for us. I think a key area for us should be in attack. Um, next season, so. I wouldn't really like to spend the money there. Normal, you know, if football had went through a normal period and, um, you know, the coronavirus pandemic hadn't happened, I think we maybe could have got Ben Gibson 
on a pretty good deal. Obviously, with it only a year left in the contract, we might have been able to force Burnley's hand a bit. Um, obviously, they would have took a loss in some capacity. They're not going to really get the same back or a profit unless they renew a contract and look to sell again in two years or something. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be paying that much. I think it'd have to be. Yeah, I think loan's probably the best the best way to go if we were going to get him. Yeah, I think the only way that we could probably get him in on loan is if we were going in for promotion. I'd, like you said earlier, his, his ambitions have to be higher than to come back to Borough, who are probably next season going to be a mid-table size, or we could end up being mid, in the same mid, position. Mid-table league one side. Mid-table <laughs> league, well, hopefully not. But I agree with what you said about his, his ambition. I can't see him coming back. I mean, we all love to get the band back together and get Adam Forshaw with his sandwich and <laughs> <laughs> all the players <laughs> to, to one direction at the Dickens. But um, no, I think he's just here for training purposes. Mm. Johnny, your shoulder's gone. My shoulder's... Ah, oh, sorry. It's, it's, it's when he's I got... left uh, his shoulder in Manjaro's. Left my shoulder in Manjaro's. I'll pick that up in a minute. I mean, people can like if someone's listening to this, they're like, "What the hell are they on about?" I'm gonna have to show all the clip, all like, the clip on YouTube or something because no one's gonna have a clue what's going on. Um, <laughs> but we'll move away from from Ben Gibson right now, and we'll chat about before I move on. We're gonna actually chat about Swansea at some point, um, but I want to have your eleven for now. Um, obviously, Rob Fletcher, who's at Boromag, and if you've got haven't picked up a Boromag um, already. All the funds and all the profits go to Teesside Hospice. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't got bought one of those magazines, do it. Um, but he did ask the question um, of what what is the best Borough lineup with everyone fit. Now, I put this question to you guys last week and we, we had a bit of a debate about it. So I'd be, I'd be keen to see if you've changed your mind and what your 11 would be right I now. I changed mine slightly. Okay. I took one player out and put one player in, but like I mentioned earlier, for me, three five two. I think it's important to find the right balance in the squad, and the squad that we've got is perfect for a three five two. Uh, Stojanovic in goal for me over pairs. Um, I was impressed with him. I know we we spoke about it on a podcast and seemingly cursed him because I think he he made a couple of mistakes or something in the game after we podcast. Uh, but, the old board breakdown curse. Yeah, the good old board breakdown curse, but. Um, I'd have him in between the six. Uh, the change was in the back three. Um, for me, Makudi, Ayala, and I put in Friend, but I'm going to take Friend out for Housen because I think it's important that we have ball playing centre-backs and Makudi is brilliant at playing the ball out from the back. Um, Housen too, because obviously he's a midfielder. And then Ayala is that, that extra protection, that last screen of defence um, in the back three. And then Spence and Coulson, the wing-backs... Clayton and Savile in the middle because I think them two worked well together um, over the turn of the year and then Patrick Roberts just behind Fletcher and Britt. I think Patrick Roberts is everything should should go through Patrick Roberts. Um, it's important that Borough put him straight back into the team. I know he's fit, which mm. is obviously a massive a massive boost. And then, yeah, just to reiterate what I said about Britain Fletcher, I think their partnership is it has great potential. I think they've shown before that that they work well off each other. So, yeah, that would be my team three five two. Else, um, yeah, I think uh, I think I'm I'm in agreement with a lot of Dana's Dana's squad. There, I think I think what's very hard about um, 
picking a borough team now is as I mentioned that the squad's kind of all over the place. We've got a lot of people in on loan because of obviously the injuries we had. Um, I think there's too much choice now. Um, I think the players that have done well in in little periods this season, um, obviously now are going to have to be left out um, because you could only have eleven players on the pitch. So I think the, the two key really are Housen and and Coulson um, because they've been the most consistent. I think everyone else has had. You know the odd couple of games, good here and there, but no one, no one quite consistent as as Housen and Coulson. Um, so, and then I think a lot around the squad. I think you can just it can be fifty fifty between a lot of players. Um, so I think in goal for me, I'm I'm not really too fussed out of either Pears and Stojanovic. I'd probably just go side with Pears. No real um, thing with that. Just I've seen him more than Stojanovic really, but. There's a case for what we signed Sajanovic for a million, so he's got to come in at some point. Um, Spence and Coulson, I think, yeah, definitely key. I play them at wing back. Um, the back three, I was thinking the same as Dana, um, but instead of Housen, I've went with Dale Fry. Um, I think Dale Fry and McCoody is kind of the the left and right centre backs, and then sort of the main central one is Ayala. Um, and then in midfield. Uh, I would probably go, and I know he hasn't played there, and we've kind of had this debate before, Dana, about House, and obviously he's played centre back and right back. I would put him back in midfield. I think his qualities just lie there more. Um, and he played once there against Preston, I believe it was. Um, and he was it was just a revelation to see him back there again. It was just, I think that's where he plays best. But um, you know he's Mister Versatile, so I'd go with Clayton and Housen. Um, and then just in front, um, Roberts, and then again, Britt and Fletcher. Um, but when doing that, like you say, you're leaving out McNair, Wing, Saville, Tavernier, Johnson, Gested, Shotton, Friend. You li- like you can't even fit them all on the bench. So someone's got to not even make the bench there. Um, so I think it's going to be very tough for, tough for Jonathan Woodgate to pick. But I think that's what I'd just side with. Um, but there's a case definitely for players like McNair and Savile who have played well in different periods throughout this season to be involved and even wing as well he scored what six seven goals has he mm-hmm. um so even for his deficiencies in his game he can we know he can hit a ball so yeah it's difficult and I think it's it's a good problem to have for get to have the options there to have the players fit um it it gives them the opportunity to rotate as well I think there's I know the Premier League mentioned they're doing five substitutions, so you could. Yeah, you, I suppose you, that's a that's a good thing. Yeah, you could see bigger benches. You could see those ten substitutes. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. there's there is scope there, and having the options there would be very very beneficial for him. Um, I think my eleven is a little bit different. I went with four two three one. Um, I went with Stjanovic in goal. I went with Spence right back. Um, I went with Makudi and Ayala. I don't know why I picked Ayala, because I kind of feel like friend, but while we've got Ayala there, we may as well use him. Um, and I went with George Friend left back, which is a bit, it could be I criminal. Back. It could be criminal, but I feel like it just could be, it might be, I'll, I'll explain it in a second. Um, but I've got the two in midfield of Housen and McNair. Um, I've got, so Housen can maybe sit, and then you've got McNair that can potentially go forward. I've got Roberts on the right. Coulson on the left, so I feel like Friend would be really good for Coulson right now. Um, he's given the cover as well, and I think Coulson has the legs to give Friend, like, make sure he doesn't get exposed as much. Um, and then in the middle, I've went with Ravel Morrison. 
and I think he's great, and I know like people are gonna probably slay me for it, but I just think he's got so much quality there. You can see when, when we've seen like the videos of him like in in training so far, it's just like he just looks really sharp, very very talented, always wanted the ball, and I think yes, he is a bit of a luxury player, and it might not be the best decision. We might have to go with Tav there, but or Tav or wing, but I just think he'd be. Perfect for the role, and then like up front, I went with Brit. Um, he's top top goal scorer, but I'm like I'm pretty torn with the centre forwards if we go with the one up front because I think Gested would be quite effective with a team I've just picked there, um, because it looks like your team would be getting in the box, but then also you've got the likes and he'd hold the ball quite well, but then you've got the likes of Fletcher where Fletcher's played really well this season, so it'd be shame to leave him out, um, but then you've also got Brit there who could probably fit the system, so. I don't know, man. It's yeah. it's, it's difficult. That, that's uh, one I la- that's one I left out as well. Ravel Morrison. When I said even about the bench, I didn't even mention him. So, um, but I think it's a good point where you mentioned obviously about five subs. I think if you've got a bench of maybe ten and you can make five, um, it's a good chance for um, one to rotate because I imagine there's going to be games Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, um, and also if it's not working at any point during the game, you can seriously influence it because. You know, when you've got three subs, you're kind of limited when you're making a, a big tactical change. But if it's not working at half time, you can really switch your formation around and make three subs and still have two left. Um, so, yeah, potentially a good problem to have. It really is. Um, but I don't know. Who would want to be a manager? Who would want to be a manager? Um, <laughs> but let's chat about Swansea. You know, we've got a game coming up. I can't believe we're actually going to go. And chat about this really. So to refresh your memories a little bit, Swansea are in eleventh place from fifty-three points, three points off the playoff places. Um, Derby are actually on fifty-one points, which is slowly behind. So imagine if Derby could. There's only they're only five points away from the playoffs, so they could potentially make it. Um, and they were fighting with us a few weeks ago. Well, a few months ago now. <laughs> um, but I'd be interested to see what you've you've done on your on your very small research, and and we'll do our our predictions as well. So I'm going to pass the mics over to you. Okay, Dana, have you got um, anything interesting in terms of stats on, on Swansea to begin? Or should um, I... I haven't, no. <laughs> okay. No, that's, that's fine. I mean, um, I was just sort of looking at sort of general form and things. And like you mentioned, 11th place. I was surprised when you said that three points off the playoffs, it must be like ridiculously tight there. But um, just looking at the form, it's very dotted around the start of the season really well um and then you know after that it's just kind of will go a couple of games without a win pick one up and um and yeah in the last six they've only won one drew four lost the other um so yeah they are that mid mid table um team based on the the, the entire season form um but i think when we when you look at the squad and when we played them i know we got the sort of two red cards when we played them earlier on in the season that 3-1 defeat but um, the squad is very good. Um, we have to be very wary of players like Andrea Ayew, Person Chalina. Um, I think they've even got Rianne Brewster, is it, on loan now as well? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be um, a very difficult game, to be honest. Like you say, when um, everyone's got their, their full squads back, um, they, they've they got a, a pretty good squad on paper all round. So uh, I think we've got to be wary, and I think that's where... I think our five at the back system might might work very well because we're going to need the extra cover um, when Spence and, and Coulson are helping out 
um, offensively. So, yeah, I mean, Andre Ayew, when he played against the last time that he scored, he scored two, was it? Um, he scored because didn't he win a or score a dubious penalty? He did. Yeah, it was never yeah. a penalty that, to be fair. And then, yeah, it was I. It was Fry that gave it away. Um, but it was it, it was very soft, very very soft. But when things aren't going your way towards the bottom, then that's the problem you face. But in terms of the league at the minute, I'll give you a bit of more of like a paint a picture for people that can't remember how the the leagues at the minute. So um, from sixth to twelfth, which are Derby, um, you've got Preston on fifty six, Bristol City on fifty five, Millwall and Cardiff are on fifty four. Um, then on 10th place, you've got Tony Mowbray's Blackburn Rovers with 53, which are level with Swansea, and then Derby County on 51. Um, and on, if you want to go even further, then you've got QPR on 50. Um, now, if, if Middlesbrough can still reach the playoffs, you know, we're only, we're only, we're only a shy um, 15 points, so it's, uh, it, it is doable. But whether we do that, obviously, it's a, it's a, diff- it's a completely different matter. It probably won't happen. We're, I think we won't get relegated. Um, but... <laughs> It's uh, you gotta be optimistic. It's not uh, laughing matter. Why am I laughing? It's not a laughing matter, but it's uh, when you see the table like that and you see how tight it is, we know that anything can happen in this league, and you gotta try and question their mindset. Do you really think they're gonna get into the, into the playoffs? We've got the talent there, whether they do or not. Who really knows? But Dana, do you have anything to add to that? And before we move into the scores and predictions, um, yeah, I was just looking at the um, the top scorers. Um, Andrew Ayew, twelve goals. Borja Bastian on six. Uh, Brewster's on four. Uh, Sam Surridge, who went back to Bournemouth, I think he was he was on loan there. Um, he's on four. And former Borrelloni, Kyle Norton, is on three goals this season. Um, they are a very good side technically. They have some great players like Selena, like um, Elliot mentioned, and Connor Gallagher, Ryan Brewster, Ayu. Um, they've got some some good players there, and um, I mean it, it's going to be difficult for Boran. Like they, we saw um, at the Liberty Stadium, it was difficult against them. They are a good side when it comes to uh, being in possession of the ball. Um, their average possession is fifty one point six percent. Their passing accuracy is uh, 78.1%. Um, and I think what when we think of Swansea, we think of a team that, you know, they have an identity of being a, a team that can pass the ball, that, you know, they're good in possession. Um, and I think it'll be important then for Clayton and Saville to add a little bit of aggression into Borough's midfield, should they play. I know that they're in my team um, to start, but... I mean, it, it it's going to be difficult. I'm not going to lie. I'm not confident just because I think that they have the quality on the day, particularly Andre Ayew, um, to carve Borough open. I think a key difference um, as well with, with Swansea and us is, as I mentioned, we've had nine different formations this season. And Swansea yep. have just had, well, essentially it says three, um, but they're all variations of the same thing of 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3 and 4-1-4-1. Um, you know they're all very much similar, um, so they kind of know what their best formation is, um, and they've got the right players to fit into it. So um, if we're going to be still tinkering with our system and our formation during all this, and then know what they're doing, um, then it could go very wrong. So. Yeah, it's the equivalent of changing every four games for Borough this season. Change formation every four games, so it doesn't really have that balance there. And what 
a good fo- football team always does is has that balance. You know the formation, but they're just very, very good at that formation, like we were under Karanka, maybe. Um, and uh, Steve McLaren, when he used to love playing the four four two, so it's um it's installing that. I think we're getting needs to find it now rather than next season. We need to find a system and go with it. Um, but let's do your scores and predictions. Um, I'm, I, if I'm not, I'll kick us off. I'm fearing the worst. I think we'll get beat two one. If I'm honest. I just don't. I just. Uh, I think it's going to be quite difficult for this game, but we have to try and kick on from that. But I'm optimistic. I think we'll stay up. I th- um, I'm saying it on record. I think we'll just stay up. I think Charlton will, will be Charlton all Hull will uh, fill that that last mm. gap. So anyway, what do you think? What's your scores and predictions? I've gone the same two one to Swansea, and and yeah, as for the end of the season, I think we'll stay up. I think it's. It's bad for Charlton, but probably good for us that Lyle Taylor doesn't want to play because he's arguably arguably their best player, uh, probably along with Johnny Williams. So I think the fact that he obviously is, is refusing to play is, is a good thing for Borough. But I'm going for a 2-1 defeat uh, against Swansea. Else, Yeah, full house. I had 2-1 defeat down as well. Um, I think even though the things you just mentioned, there, I think it'll be a, a fairly um, close game. I think it's going to be quite laboured isn't it I think all teams coming back from going from no football to, to this it'll be um, I don't think there'll be a lot of quality in it maybe from both sides so uh, but I think we'll just come out on top and I think then we've got to look to pick up our points in the uh, the immediate two games after against Stoke and Hull I think they're key for us and then as it goes on later in the season well we say later in the season it'll be about a month after that but um, some of the home games after that where Maybe teams, as you mentioned, who are in and around the playoffs. Maybe if it, if it's unrealistic for them then to reach it, and they're just kind of seeing the season out. We've got games against Cardiff um, and Bristol City, Reading, Millwall. If they if they can't reach the playoffs, then it's just kind of they're on the beach. Um, so it could be could play in our hands a little bit. Beach? Yeah, you're pretty optimistic, aren't you? Um... <laughs> But it's yeah. it's nice it's nice to know we're still really optimistic about how we're going to do the season with all three of us claiming a defeat. Um, <laughs> but that pretty much wraps things up, guys. So um, I'm going to quickly sign us off. So as always, guys, um, if you've seen the podcast or you haven't seen the podcast on our podcasts, um, you need us a five star rating on there. That helps us get found by other Borough fans and also helps us get ranked. Um, if you're not following us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, it's at the Borough underscore Breakdown or the Borough Breakdown on Facebook. And I think it's the Borough Breakdown on Instagram as well. Um, I'll have to double check that one, Dana. Um, but also with that as well, um, we're going to be doing some more email stuff as well. So in the next few weeks, we'll be posting some email links or join our email subscribers list. Um, but more about that later. Um, and also on Saturday, we've got a podcast coming out with former Borough left-back Craig Harrison. I've had the conversation already. It's pretty much recorded. And it's a really honest and open and frank conversation with Craig. It's... It's very raw emotionally too, and I think that Borough fans will, will really love and enjoy it and be surprised on what's happened throughout his career. Um, but anyway, that signs things off. My name's Johnny, I'm with Dana and Dana. This has been the Borough Breakdown Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.